You're listening to a podcast from West Wind Church. For more information, visit our website at westwindchurch.org. Thank you for being with us. Uh, what a great crowd today. Um, sun's starting to shine outside, but I think we made the right decision to come inside, so we're so glad you're with us. We've been studying the Gospel of Luke for well over a year, if you're a guest, and we're wrapping that study up. We've entitled Luke, The Real Jesus. And we come to a topic this morning that um, is relevant, I think, for all of us, a topic very familiar to me. A topic that, um, you know, sometimes we run from, sometimes creates a lot of heartache. And the topic I'm referring to is failing. So after six decades of life, I think personally I have a little bit of experience with failure. How about you? So I was reflecting on how to launch uh, this sermon on failure, which isn't that appealing of a topic, especially for Mother's Day. But I thought back 25 years ago, one of my favorite failures, if there is such a thing, goes back to when I bought a uh, Harley-Davidson motorcycle, 1200 XL Sportster, all decked out. So I'm a youth pastor in Cincinnati. This is 25 years ago, just a cool thing to do. But then I had to take a road test. You know how that works, right? You got to pass the test to be affirmed for the highway. And so I was counseled, you might want to scale down and get a bike that's maybe 250, 350 cc. A 1200 might be a little bit more than you want. And I said, well, I think I should probably pass it because if I'm driving this thing around town and on the highway, I think I should be able to pass a road test. Well, I failed miserably the first one. So I recalibrated, asked a friend to help and get a little bit of mentoring. So round two, thought I was going to nail this. Everything was going well. There were six, seven exercises. And to the seventh exercise, here's what the instructor told me. He says, you got to start your bike here at the line, front tire, you got to travel a certain distance, get to about 25 miles per hour, and then put your front tire in a designated box. I was like, wow, where did this come from? That wasn't in the last one. So I'm like, okay, I think I got it. You know how you rev up the motorcycle? I took off, think I got to the right speed, got to the box, hit the front brake too hard. Those who ride bikes know what happened. Check this out bunch of bikers getting ready to take their test, I flipped my bike, landed on the ground, and boy, you want to talk about humiliation. So I'm pretty small and weak, but something happened that moment. I had adrenaline like the Hulk. My sports was laying on the ground. I picked that baby up. I hopped on. I took off. I didn't talk to nobody. I was so embarrassed. That was a failure. And life is filled with it, would you agree? But you know what I've learned from Scripture and being a Christian now for over four decades? God wants us to fail forward. And that is a phrase that has meant so much to me over the years, to fail forward. And what that means is to learn from your failures, to grow through your failures. In other words, failure does not have to be the final or last word. 
we can fail forward. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 22. And we're in a passage that may be familiar to you. Maybe you're not familiar at all with the Bible. But if I summarize Luke 22, there's so much there. This is the Passover meal. It became communion. Jesus is eager to go to Calvary to give his life a ransom for many, as Tina suggested, redemption, salvation, all this beautiful stuff. But that evening, folks, there was a lot of failure going on. Let me tell you about it. One of his guys, Judas is his name, betrayed him with the kiss of death, and he took his life. He committed suicide. That's a failure. Peter, one of the inner three, not only denied his dear friend Jesus three times, but he lied about him. I don't know this guy. And then in Matthew, Matthew records that he cussed. Yeah, an apostle cussing. It does happen. Okay? (laughs) We won't go there today. And then the ten abandoned Jesus in his time of need. And then next week, we wrap up the series. Guess where we're going? We're going to Gethsemane. Jesus is sweating drops of blood. And guess what's happening to the apostles, his inner three? They're taking a nap. They're falling asleep. Couldn't you guys just pray with me? Couldn't you hang in there with me? Luke 22 is a chapter about failure, humanly speaking. But why is Luke so graphic? Because I believe he wants us to look into the mirror and to take our shortcomings, to take our failures in life, to take our sin in life, and to fail forward through Christ. And by the way, those are all amens from the babies, so I'm just, (laughs) that might be what Scott was referring to. All right. So track with me, would you? Luke 22, 31 through 34. We're at the Passover meal, and Jesus is getting very specific. He says, Simon, Simon, this is Peter. Look out, Satan is asked to sift you, and by the way, in the original language, this is in the plural, to sift you all like wheat. In other words, we have an enemy. He's the devil. He prowls about like a roaring lion, wanting to destroy us, wanting to fail, us to fail. We talked a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago about sifting like wheat. The ancient world is real simple. They go up to the threshing floor, they throw the wheat in the air, the wind would come by, the chaff would blow away, the wheat would fall. Primarily what Jesus is saying is, Satan wants to separate us from Jesus. He can do that. His job is done. It's called drifting. It's called falling away. It's called not abiding in Christ. That's what's going on here. But Jesus says, thank the Lord, the high priest, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Now, that's in the singular And so he's saying all the apostles are going to be attacked and tempted to fall away, to drift, to be separated from Christ. But Peter, I'm counting on you. I'm praying for you. You really matter around this table that your faith may not fail. And then notice what Jesus says, and you, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Peter says, Lord, he told him, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Thank God for that kind of courage. But I think Peter thought a little bit too highly of himself, and it should humble all of us. When you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. There's a humility in this faith journey that we truly rely on Christ, not ourselves. And then look what Jesus says. I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you deny 
three times that you know me. Isn't that a remarkable passage? Here we are in the final night of Christ's life, failure all across the board. Jesus is honing in. There's, there's difficulties ahead, guys, but Peter, I'm counting on you. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be very straightforward. You're going to fail. But I love this. Jesus says, Peter, you're going to fail forward. When you return, strengthen your brothers. When you return, help the ten who abandoned. When you return, remember when we fell asleep in Gethsemane? Remember that and learn from that and grow from that. When you return, become the guy who's going to lift these guys up so they can take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so, what an encouragement. Now, sadly, for many of us here this morning and online, failure is a dirty word. It's too defeating. It's so depressing. And sometimes we don't even want to talk about it. I love Pastor Erwin Lutzer. Years ago, pastor of Moody Bible Church, he wrote a book of failure, the back door to success. What a great title. We can fail forward. We can, we can learn and grow. Now, I want to just briefly look at a few ways we fail in society just to remind us and then move on to the corrective, which is in John 21. There's performance failure, would you agree? I can't tell you how humiliating it was to have bikers lining up watching me flip my bike on the highway. That was humiliating for a man. And gentlemen, can I speak to you? this morning, just a bit. This is a big issue for us. Why? Because often our identity is wrapped up in who we are, what we become. And sometimes we don't want to uh, look at our failures. We suppress them. We don't want to talk about them. You know what God says? No. We can lean into them as Jesus leaned into them with Peter and the apostles so we can grow. You know, performance is a big deal in our culture, right? Make the grade, show up, do your job, get an A, we feel good about you. But boy, if you're getting a C minus or a C plus, and so we have, to, we have to learn, yeah, let's do our best, but let's not be driven by performance. I read an interesting study from Tulane University that the average entrepreneur, you know how many times they fail before they succeed? 3.8 times. Any entrepreneurs out there? That means you got to grow, right? you got to learn from your failures. 3.8 times until you succeed? That's pretty remarkable, the performance factor. Now, the second thing, there's moral failure. Can I encourage you? And I'm not giving any of us a pass to fail morally. That's not my point here. But if you read the Bible honestly, guess what? You know it's a God book. You know why? It highlights one moral failure after another. Do you realize that? Abram. The Father, your name's going to be great. All nations on earth are going to be blessed through you. And guess what? He's lying. <laughs> He's a deceiver. And then he has a son who's in the patriarchal line, Jacob, which means deceiver, and he was. I didn't know that when I named one of my sons Jacob. <laughs> Jake, if you're listening, it's not you, my man. Not you. By the way, you know what was cool for Mother's Day? Um, two things happened. One, Jacob calls this week, and he's like, you know, hey, Dad, you going to be around Saturday? Got some flowers from Mom. I'm like, oh, they're starting to get it. Yes! And then the kicker, 
Ellen gets a text from the boys. We're coming over errands to make her lunch for Mother's Day. Aaron's got a little seven-year, seven-month-old Genesis Rose. I'm like, now they really get it. Yeah, what a blessing. How did I get off on that? Where was I? All right. Oh, yeah, moral failure. <clears throat> Jacob, that's what we were talking about. And then you go to Joseph. Guys, we're in one book, Genesis. And Joseph's brothers want him dead. And then you open up, here's Moses, he has a burning bush experience, he encounters God, he is commissioned to be the guy, guess what his first act is as a leader? Murder. <laughs> ay, 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 what a messy book. And then David, a man after God's own heart, do you know his story? Takes another man's wife, his best friend's wife, Uriah the Hittite, his frontline general, commits adultery and then covers it up with Murder. And again, I'm not trying to give us a pass on moral failures, but I know this book is written by God because if I were telling my story, I'll just put that Bathsheba story aside, right? We just won't talk about Moses taking an Egyptian's life. This is a divine book because it allows us to look in the mirror and see our need for salvation and redemption as we talked about through the kids' message. Now, spiritual failures... And they come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. I experience them almost every day, definitely every week. I promise to pray for you and I forget to. I make commitments. Man, I'm going to dive into the Word, maybe read the Bible in the next few years, and I get to Leviticus, done, fall asleep, you know. I say yes to generosity, and yet I still haven't cut that check. And the list goes on and on, right? And sometimes we feel like we failed. Here's the deal about Peter. He failed to perform. There's a friend, Proverbs says, who sticks closer than a brother. Peter didn't make the grade. He failed morally. Why? He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's cussing. This is an apostle. And he failed spiritually. Hey, I'm going to die for you, Jesus. I'll go to prison. Oh, really? And he's denying three times. Peter could have looked in the mirror that day and said, you know, I'm done. This faith journey isn't worth it. But you know what Jesus does? He is so gracious. Peter, when you return, he gave him a vision for how to deal with failure. When you return, do what? Strengthen your brothers, the apostles, who are going to stumble and fall too. So that leads us to our Renewal passage. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 21. I would have to say this is one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. It's a passage of hope. It's a passage of renewal. And so you might be sitting here this morning saying, you know, I feel like a failure as a parent or maybe as a spouse or, man, I screwed up at work or maybe as an employer and the list goes on and on. This is a passage of hope, folks. It gave Peter hope, and it was so tangible. And then we're going to see what happened to Peter. He went on to great things. So John 21, verses 15 through 17. Christ is raised from the grave. The boys are back in Galilee fishing. Here's what we read. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to them, you know that I love you. What does Jesus say? 
feed my lambs. He told him a second time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. He asked him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he was asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. How does Jesus respond? Feed my sheep. Folks, it's real simple. Peter is assigned the number three. We're going to see in the book of Acts, when he gets a vision in Acts 10, uh, it comes three times. Why three times being inquired about love and relationship and intimacy and friendship? Because he failed three times. Jesus is going back to that campfire where he denied, and now they're in Galilee. Jesus has a fish fry in a campfire, and he says, all right, you failed three times. Let's review that. How do you respond? You fail forward. Feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Shepherd the flock of God. And so if you have your digital worship guide, your booklets here, some of you like to take notes, I always like to present a blessing and then we'll tie it together. I believe the life and ministry of the Apostle Peter should motivate us, encourage us to always fail forward in Christ. Folks, this is, this is the gift of God through Jesus Christ. Failure is not the final word. So four things I want to share with you as we tie it all together. Number one, motivation number one, by embracing the grace of God, we fail forward. So just try to put yourself for a moment in Peter's shoes. You're feeling good about your faith journey. You're one of the inner three, Peter, James, and John. You've had experiences with Jesus that were over the top. Uh, They saw him transfigured, the Mount of Transfiguration, only three. They saw Jairus' daughter raised from the grave, only three. Peter was in the inner circle. He says, I'm all in. I'll die. I'll go to prison. You can count on me. And then he denies, he lies, he cusses. How would you feel if you were Peter? We got to put ourselves in their shoes. Peter walked with Christ for about three years. In a culture of uh, honor and shame, he felt shamed. He felt guilty. He felt lousy. He felt he was out of the game. But you know what? Because of the grace of God, get back in the game. Feed, serve, experience my grace, Peter. It's not about your failure. It's about my love. It's about my grace. Three times in this passage, he brings up relationship. That's why we say over and over, Christianity is not about religion. It's not about what Tina talked about, checking the box, performing and doing. Do you love? Do you love? Do you love? It's always about relationship. Come back into this love relationship. Peter, don't you know that I love you? I love you. Experience my love. Experience my forgiveness. Experience my grace. The Apostle Paul was once Saul. And if you know anything about his story, it was horrendous. He hated Christ, he hated the church, he persecuted Christians, and uh, he lived very contrary to the faith of Christ. What happens, he encounters Christ, and then in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he summarizes his faith journey. Let me read it to you. 
He says, for I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle. Why? Because I persecuted the church of God. And this next phrase, folks, over the top, but by God's grace, I am what I am, and his grace towards me is effective. I am what I am by the grace of God. Can I encourage you? Never, ever forget that. Because here's what happens sometimes in our faith journey with Christ. Sometimes it becomes the checklist. Performing, doing. Oh, wow, I did read the Bible. I did pray. Man, I'm making the grade. I got an A today. And next thing you know, we minimize the grace of God. Paul says no. I mean, he was an incredible missionary, an incredible apostle, wrote quite a a bit of the New Testament. He says, I am what I am by God's grace. Every time I look in the mirror, I see the grace of God, not my achievements, not my performance, God's grace. Peter experienced that, and he was able then to fail forward. Secondly, and this is fun, motivation number two, get back in the game. Why is it important to get back in the game? Here's why. 90% of those who fail are not actually defeated. You know what they do? They simply quit. I'll be honest with you. I wondered if I should uh, do round three of the motorcycle test. I wondered. Is that smart? Is it right? You know, is it three strikes and out? How many times do you fail and keep going? Well, in the Christian life, you just keep going, right? First John says, if we say we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves, the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. So it's just this constant journey. I like how Michael Jordan put this, get back in the game. He says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. On 26 occasions, I've been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I have failed over and over and over again in my life, and that's precisely why I succeed. Leaned in to his failures, learned from his failures, grew through his failures. Tom Hanks said Apollo 13 may have been the most successful failure in the history of NASA. I love that movie. The most successful failure, yes, failing forward. I alluded to King David, remember a man after God's own heart? This is a big deal in the Bible. When he committed adultery, tried to cover it up with murder, he ran as a spiritual fugitive for about a year. God loved him enough to send Nathan the prophet, so there was a corrective. Confession, repentance, turning back. When David turned back, he wrote, Three psalms to commemorate that. Psalm 32, Psalm 38, Psalm 51. Let me read a little bit about getting back into the game as an adulterer and a murderer, the king of Israel. David wrote, Hide your face from my sins, blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain it. And I love the conclusion. Then I will teach transgressors your way and sinners will turn back to you. When he encountered the grace of God, when he experienced forgiveness for his grievous sins, He says, then I will teach sinners 
your ways and how to come back. That's what it means to get back in the game. King David got back in. Now, there were consequences, but he still got back in. Motivation number three, and this may be harder for some of us, it's forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. One of the guys I leaned on for this morning's talk is Erwin Lutzer, who wrote Failure, the Back Door to Success. He says this, and I quote, he says, I am convinced that the single greatest cause of spiritual defeat is a guilty conscience. Think about it. The single greatest cause a spiritual defeat is living in guilt and in shame. You know what the gospel does? It doesn't give us a pass to sin. It eradicates the sin. Slate wiped clean. Debt paid in full. And when the liar, the deceiver, the enemy, Satan wants to throw that in your face, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If you're familiar with C.S. Lewis, he wrote a book called The Screw Tape Letters, and he tries to give us an idea of how the enemy works against us. Here's what he said. He said, Satan's strategy is pretty simple. He gets Christians to become preoccupied with their failures. From then on, the battle's won. You wake up, I'm failing in my marriage. My kids are a mess. Nothing's good's happening uh, at home or at work. And we have our laundry list of failures, and guess what? Boom. We just get knocked out, out of the game. And so don't buy into that lie. So how do we respond? Although forgiveness is free, folks, few people want to receive it. Why? By nature, we don't want to admit our sin. When was the last time you've taken a spiritual inventory of your own life? When was the last time you said, Lord, search my heart, try my thoughts, see if there's any wicked way in me. Forget about everybody else looking in the mirror. And God does, by his spirit and word, a spiritual inventory. We confess our sins, our shortcomings. We experience his grace, and we move forward. We forgive ourselves. That's a gift, and it's a blessing in Christ. Can I share with you something that's so important to this narrative with Peter? It comes from a comparative gospel, Matthew. Let me just read it to you. Please don't miss this. Matthew 26. Then he started to curse and to swear with an oath. I do not know this man, Jesus. That's where we get the cursing thing. Immediately a rooster crowed. Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And this next phrase is just catalytic for all of us folks. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. Brokenness is a gift from God. It is something we absolutely need from the day we start the faith journey to the day we meet Jesus in glory, where the Spirit and the Word allows us to do soul surgery. Peter wept bitterly, okay? In that culture, that's just not too cool, and certainly in our culture, for, for the average male to do that, it's not very kosher. And yet, when you're in Christ and you experience His grace, and you want to get back into the game, you want to find restoration through him, we have to experience his forgiven, forgiveness and forgive ourselves. Peter got it. And so finally, and this, this is a blessing, motivation number four, finish well. Finish well. Folks, there is a huge difference 
between saying, I'm a failure and I failed. Let me say that again. There is a huge difference between saying, I am a failure and I failed. Yeah, we fail, but we're not failures because we're in Christ. It's grace, it's redemption, it's his work on our behalf at Calvary. And what a blessing that is. I believe this, a mistake is never a failure unless you fail to learn from it. Let's learn from them. Let's fail forward. Can I show you one more passage? Why I believe with all my heart, and we know historically Peter finished well. Look what Jesus says in John 21, 18 through 19. Please don't take this for granted. So they're wrapping up that fish fry, they're wrapping up the restoration. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, Peter. When you were younger, you dressed yourself, and you went where you wanted but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. We know this about the apostle Peter. He finished well. Why do we know that? First 12 chapters of the book of Acts, at least a decade, he is the point guy. Sometimes we say first among equals. He's leading the way. He got back into the game. He wrote two epistles, and they're beautiful epistles. Chapter five of his first epistle is all about shepherding. Shepherd the flock of God. He went back to this John 21 fish fry. He became a shepherd of God's people. And so here's the encouragement. God is more interested in where you're going than where you've been. Now, I believe this with all my heart. Let's learn from yesterday and yesteryear. Let's learn from our failures, but fail forward. So I did take my third motorcycle exam. And uh, how do you think it went? You haven't seen me on that motorcycle, have you? I was talking with Pastor Jason. We thought we might have been outdoors. We were going to drive it in and park it out front just to illustrate. So... Again, I did some soul-searching, folks. Okay, will it be three and done? Should I really try to do this? Should I get a smaller bike? And I did my best. I did my homework. I learned. And it was so fun to pass the test and to ride failing forward. And I say this, and I say this sincerely. I am absolutely, positively so thankful I failed those first two times. You know why? I had to put my bike down once, I could have been killed, where someone ran a red light and I just, I put it down and fortunately walked away from that. Biking's a serious thing and I wasn't taking it serious. I had an aha moment, I had a wake up call. You got a machine, you're open, it's you, the bike, the road and other vehicles. Pay attention. It was a great gift. Now I know all our failures doesn't end that, um, well, but if we fail forward, I believe this with all my heart, we experience God's grace, we get back into the game, we forgive ourselves, and boy, oh boy, we can finish well. So let me invite our worship team to come forward, and i uh, just love to uh, take a moment to pray with you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for the Bible. It's so honest, and... 
We declare it's your word, a living book, revelation of God. And Father, we all fail. I hope we can be honest about that. And I thank you that through Christ we can fail forward. We can experience your grace, your forgiveness, your renewal, your restoration. And literally, when it's all said and done, finish well. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's our heart's cry this morning. And so help us to worship you now as we close in song. In Jesus' name.